Welcome to Seven Mile Ministry. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning. I'm pumped up. I had an extra large cup of coffee. I don't drink coffee. I'll be to wear off by about 2, 2 p.m. I'm kidding, but I am fired up for real. Last week we uh, talked about seek and find. Seek and find. Seek His righteousness. And to put Him first, seek Him. If you seek Him with all your heart, you're going to find Him. You're going to find the plan for your life. You're going to find out your destiny. You're going to find out a whole lot of things you never knew and you won't ever know unless you do seek Him. Amen? So, um, <clears throat> we went and played a ball game Friday evening. Believe it or not, it wasn't raining. Um, by the way, you'll see there's something out there, an un- unidentified object up in the sky. It's this big orange thing. It's kind of bright. I think it's the sun. <laughs> but it quit raining long enough and down a little further south to play ball. But anyway, I'm not uh, I'm thinking about this when we were singing right there. And what Brother Buddy was talking about, I was thinking about this. And uh, I, was, I was talking to Seth on the way down there. And he, he was going to be pitching the game. So I said, son... I go to practice and I listen. I don't know that much about it, but I can listen and um, interpret what the coach is saying. I think I pick up on some things there. And and he, what he tells them, you know, when he's pitching, he, he, if you want to end right, you got to start right. You can't. If you want it to end here, you got to start it here. Because if you start it here, it's going to end there. So if you start it wrong, it's going to be a ball. But if you start it right, it's going to be a strike. And me and Stick have, we haven't done it in a while, but we used to have riding schools all the time. <clears throat> Just life's busy right now. So we haven't had any in, in a while. But we, one of the things I teach them is going into a turn. If you want to exit out correctly, if you want to finish right, you must start right. You won't enter into the turn wrong, but exit right. It won't happen. The way you exit out starts before you even get to the turn on a dirt bike. Same thing probably with NASCAR racing. If you want to exit right, you're going to have to start right. And I was telling him this, and I said, that rule applies to everything in life. Except one thing. You can start life wrong, but you can still end up right because of the blood of Jesus. But what I'm talking about today is spiritual alignment. And you, if, you want to, if you want to finish right, you're going to have to start right. You're going to have to get some things aligned, spiritually speaking. So today's title is Seek and Align. Because we need to seek Him and get some things aligned in our life. If you don't start things uh, right, you won't end right. You build, start building a house crooked on the ground, it's going to be crooked on the roof. You put metal on the roof and you fir- put the first sheet on wrong, you're going to end wrong. You can't start wrong and end right, can you, Larry? <clears throat> Absolutely not. Well, don't think the same, that they don't apply spiritually, that you can just go through and just do what you want, when you want, how you want, and be goofy, and not put the Lord first, and still end right. What I mean, do all these silly things, but still end up over here with all the blessings. No, we have to get aligned spiritually, get things in line. Amen? The only way you're going to get things aligned is if you seek Him. 
And we've got to get spiritually aligned. So our title, our uh, foundational scripture right here, but seek first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Well, prior to this, they're saying, well, what about this? Well, what about that? What about the clothes? What about what we drink? What about our house? What about all these things? And Jesus says, hey, don't worry about all these things because worrying about these things can't add one cubit to your stature. In other words, it can't add one brick, one uh, uh, joint of mortar to your house. It can't add anything. Worrying about it, <clears throat> being concerned about these things. He says, here's what you need to seek first, the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these other things that you need, they'll be taken care of. By who? By Him. Seek Him first. You put Him first, and He takes care of these things. It's a principle. It's all through the Bible. And uh, that's what He's speaking to us this morning. That's what He's speaking to us for, for eternity, rest of your life, seek Him first, put Him first, get things in alignment. We've got to get things in alignment spiritually. First uh, Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, the 23rd verse, it says, Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want you to notice this here. <clears throat> the order... And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved. Spirit, soul, body. Spirit, soul, body. But we totally get it backwards and we go body, soul, spirit. But it's spirit, soul, body. If you get your spirit in, a, in alignment, your soul and body are going to follow suit. But you're going to have to get your spirit in alignment. And uh, it starts to prioritizing things. Sometimes you've got to dethrone some things because sometimes you put some things before Jesus. Some things are between you and Him and you need to dethrone some things. Prioritize things in your life. You can sit back and take a, uh, an account. A, uh, what's it, what's it, what do they do late at night when everybody goes home? Uh, inventory. <clears throat> I was at a loss of words. Take an inventory of your life. Look at it. Where do you have things prioritized? What's most important to you? What is most important to you? Well, everybody here's got a different answer. What are you seeking first? What are you putting first? If we're aligning things, what's first? Well, he says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness to put him first, to seek him first. And one thing I, I made a post earlier today just to see if anybody would even notice. I put a minus sign, a plus sign. Oh no, a minus sign, an equal sign, and a plus sign. It's less of him equals, I mean, less of you equals more of him. Less of you equals more of him. And sometimes we need to prioritize some things in our life. Amen? We focus a lot on our bodies. Spirit, soul, and body. We get it. With our bodies, we understand. If you spend time on it, if you eat correctly... If you put good food in your body and you spend time exercising, you're going to look good. That's a no-brainer. You're going to look good. You can try. I was thinking today about all the diets that I hear people talk about their own. I'm not on one currently, in case you haven't noticed. But I have before. I've done a bunch. But this new diet just came out. Or we're going to do this low-carb diet. We're going to do this Atkins diet. We're going to do all these diets. That's, you know what? If you'll eat correctly... Uh, you won't have to go on these crash diets. God didn't make our bodies to put a bunch of junk in you. If you'll just eat correctly, you don't have to go on these crazy diets. Just eat correctly. 80% of what you put in will determine what you look like. The other 20% will be determined by how much you work out or exercise or what have you. 
So we, we, we get that. We all understand that. Here's what happens. A, a child's born, the first thing you do is you're working on, uh, you know, you're playing with him or her. You got your toys out. Next thing you know, now we're teaching them uh, how to say words, how to talk, how to write, how to read, how to draw. Uh, we're, we're working on their bodies. We're working on their minds. We're trying to teach them to be smart. We, we care about uh, teach them how to kick the ball, throw the ball, ride the bike, ride the motorcycle, uh, drive a nail, uh, fix your hair, do your makeup, uh, do the toe touch, um, whatever. We're, we're teaching them these things all through their, their life, how to do these things. Somebody is. So we, we focus on that. <clears throat> we want them to be smart. We want them to send them to school and get a good education. And we just hope that the Sunday school teacher, they'll take care of them spiritually. No, I, 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 that's backwards. Spirit, soul, body. Spirit, soul, body. The Lord gave us children to pour into them. Guess what? Spirit, soul, body. The rest will follow suit. We've got to focus on the Spirit. Seek first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness. Amen? So what I'm saying is we get it backwards. You can see that uh, I could go on and on and on, but I don't think there's a need to. I think we, we're all on the same page. We all understand these things. That we've got to get things aligned spiritually. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to hit a couple of things right here real quick. One, in Matthew, the fifth chapter, 23rd verse. We've got to get things aligned in our relationships. Because our relationships get misaligned. It says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, have your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So in other words, if you're living in a place of unforgiveness or bitterness or offense, what he's saying is there's bringing your gift to the altar is not going to accomplish anything. So I know there's some people think, well, that, that settles it. I'm not going to do any tithes. I'm not going to do any offering because I'm mad at so-and-so. That's not what he said. That's not what he said at all. He said, go ahead and bring it on down here. Leave it with me. Leave it with me. Then go make things right. In other words, there's a blessing associated with what you bring to the offer, and he's just going to hold it. I mean, to the altar, and he's just going to hold it. It's like a layaway plan. See, now you got something invested when you bring something to the altar and you leave it. you got something invested in this thing. And he said, it's like a layaway plan, basically. And uh, leave it and go. Go make things right and I'll bless you. I, I can remember years ago when I very first started living to the Lord, for the Lord, I was mad. I had been mad for years. I was just mad for three or four years. Just mad. I mean, I mean every day. Not a day went by that I wasn't mad. At uh, a handful of people, I actually had a list of people on notebook page. That one time I got so mad, I decided we're going we're gonna, we're fixing to settle these things right here, right now. I just made a list on notebook page, put all their names on it, what they did, how much they owed me, and I just decided I was going to go to them one at a time, and we was gonna, something was going to happen one way or the other. I was just tired of being mad. Well, anyway, after seeking the Lord about it. I, I, uh, I took that piece of paper and I wadded it up and I just threw it in the garbage and I just said, I forgive everybody on that piece of paper. I'm done. I'm not mad. I'm not in unforgiveness. I'm not in bitterness. Anyway, but all, I didn't even realize what I was doing. But all along prior to that, I always tithed. I've always tithed. I've always tithed my whole life because that's what I was taught to do. And uh, 
Honestly, when I was younger, I didn't even get it. I just did it because Granny told me to. I get it now, though. Because he says, you'll, you'll never be, we ain't going down that road. Let me keep moving. You know, I had been tithing and tithing and tithing. And as soon as I released those people who was on that piece of paper and threw it into the garbage, I mean immediately, immediately things changed in my life. Blessings started flowing in that weren't there before. I had something that had been ailing me, like some sickness left instantly. I didn't realize. I had, bringing, I had been bringing all that in and laying it on the altar for three or four years. Three or four years. And then when I made it right and I forgave all those people, poof, lay away plan. Time to come pick up your stuff. It's paid for in full. Come on and get it. See, we're into this extreme individual, individualism, if that's a word. You know what I'm talking about? It don't, this doesn't work like that. What I mean is you can call an individual to come and repair your TV. You can call an individual to come and repair your washer and dryer. But if you want somebody to come into your heart and repair this damage that's been done, there's only one repair man that's qualified for the job. His name is Jesus Christ. You can't do it on your own. You cannot do it on your own. You want to love others, you first have to know what love is. Because you can't give something away. You can't pour something out that hadn't already been poured into you. And you have to let Him pour it into you. Amen? Amen? So get relationships aligned. That's a big thing. Our lady realized that sheet of paper I had, all the people I was mad at, that I laid in the bed at night thinking about, they slept good at night. They didn't even know I was mad at them. It wasn't affecting them a bit. It was only affecting me. And it'll hold up your blessings. We just read the scripture. It proves it right there. Next thing I want to go over right here, we hit a couple of these kind of quickly, is the alignment of authority. We have authority, spiritual authority. Jesus gave it to us to use it against the enemy. We've been given authority over serpents so we can tread on the heads of uh, serpents and on scorpions. He's given us authority over demons, any type of evil, wickedness, darkness. He's given us authority over sickness. He says, speak to it, tell it to leave. You've got authority. You and I have authority. We've got to get things aligned uh, with our authority. I'm just going to read one scripture right here. It says, How can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? And then he will plunder his house. Well, first of all, you've got to uh, bind the strong man right here before you can plunder his goods. He's talking about Satan. You've got to bind him. He's got your goods. He's stolen some things from a lot of people. He's stolen some things from me. He's stolen some things from you. He's stolen health. He's stolen uh, relationships. He's stolen marriages. He's stolen some of your children. He's stolen a lot of people's money. He's stolen a lot of time from you. Satan has stolen your peace and your joy. He's stolen a lot of things from a lot of people. He doesn't quit. He's out every day looking for something to steal. And that's just a fact. 
devil stolen things. You can't be passive about these things at all. You've got to use your authority and be aggressive, not be a passive at all about it. The, the scripture says that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. We've got to be aggressive. You can't sit at the house eating uh, donuts, watching soap operas and think everything's just going to take care of itself. No, you've got to be aggressive with this thing. Use the authority that he's given you. Speak the word of God that he's given you. Satan's got a storage unit. And he's stolen a lot of things from a lot of people. And he's got it inside the storage unit, basically. And it's got your name on it. It's tagged. He, which one is yours? You know what you've got to do? You've got to bind the strong man. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And the scripture says to, to bind the strong man. So he wants you to think you suffered the loss for so long, it doesn't matter anymore. It's been so long, it don't matter. That's not true. You know, sometimes you lose your keys. And you look for them until you find them. You lose your wallet. You look for it until you find it. I've lost a wallet before. I looked and looked and looked and looked and looked. And I kept going back and I kept looking. And eventually I finally said, no use in looking anymore. It is a goner. It's long gone. That's what Satan wants you to say about your life, about your peace, about your joy, about your finances, about the woman you married to, the man you married to, whatever the situation. That's what he wants you to say. Too much, gone too far, no sense in, might as well, it's a goner. It's not a goner. It's in the storage unit. And you've got to use the authority he's been giving you. You know what it says? If the thief's called, he's got to give it back to you sevenfold, seven times, seven more times than he stole from you. And you know what? You just got to stand up and say, I'm going to use the authority I've been given right here over the spirit of lack, over the spirit of uh, depression, over the spirit of uh, suicide, over the spirit of discouragement. Whatever the spirit is, I'm going to use my authority right here this year, 2019 in February. I'm going to speak and use the authority. and I'm taking it back. Hey, Satan, what you've been stealing from me for 43 years, I've got a new list made up, and I'm not throwing this list away. You're going to give it all back to me sevenfold in the name of Jesus. That's the authority that we've been given. That's something to get excited about. You need to say it. You need to say, I'm taking it back. Sevenfold, fool, you're giving it back to me. Because that's what the Word of God says. I'm standing on the Word of God, and I'm not going to let go of it until I see it. Amen? You gotta get your heart aligned. That's the third alignment, the alignment of your heart. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus was asked one time. And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, all the, the commandments can be tied up right here, can be uh, defined right here. Love the Lord first with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's a book that says, I'm, I'm second. I've never read one. I kind of thumbed through it. I saw that it's pretty good. But I've never read it. I've not, I'm not looked into it to understand why it says I am second. I guess it means to put others first and then you put yourself second. But the reality is it should say I'm third. Because I'm going to put Jesus first, I'm going to put others second, and I'm going to put myself third. Now the book, that may not, may not be what it means. I may be wrong. 
But I'm third. You need to tell yourself, I'm third. I'm going to seek Him first. I'm going to put Him first. I'm going to love Him with all my heart, all my soul, my mind. I'm going to love my neighbor. I'm going to put my neighbor before me. I'm going to put myself third. God so wants to bless you. He wants to bless you in the city. He wants to bless you in the field. He's going to and fro all day all over the earth just looking for somebody to show himself strong to, just looking for somebody to bless. That's what the Scripture tells us. And most of the time, the only thing standing in the way of the blessing is not having your heart properly aligned. God wants to bless you. We've got to get our hearts in alignment. You know what? The things you get excited and the things you get passionate about, they're going to activate something. Are you excited? Are you passionate about the things of God? So we can understand, give the heart, your heart to God. We get that. I think we're all on the same page there. And to love your neighbor. Here's the part, the kicker. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. A lot of people don't love themselves. You've messed up. You've done things wrong. You hear this voice on the inside of you telling you you're no good. You've gone too far. Telling you a lot of lies. And you don't love yourself. Well, you can't. if you're going to love your neighbor as yourself, you've got to love yourself. God loves you. You want to be on His side? You have to love yourself. I'm not talking about an arrogant, I'm better than everybody kind of deal. I'm talking about like uh, John. that He says, I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. He knew how much Jesus loved him. And therefore... We've got to get in alignment with that. A lot of people don't love themselves. They listen to this voice on the inside of them that says, you can't. You can't do it. You can't do it. You've messed up too bad. You can't do it. You can't do it. Hmm. If God says you can, then you can. If God says, I promise you that land over there, go take it. Guess what? He promised it to you and you can go take it. Nothing can stop you. You know, there was some spies that went out. Twelve spies that went out. One, one spy from each tribe. You know, is that true? And ten of them came back. They said, we can't do it. But God promised them this land. He said, you can do it. This is yours. Go take this land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's yours. It's what you call the promised land because he promised them this land. Go take it. So Moses sent these spies out. And 10 of them come back. Said, we can't do it. They're huge. They're giant. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. We, 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 we look like grasshoppers. In other words, they, the giants didn't see them. They don't know... Uh, uh, what their assumption of them was or what their uh, idea of them was, they just assumed that we were like grasshoppers in their eyes. So 10 said, we can't. We can't do it. You know what? The giants didn't stop them from taking the land. A mountain can't stop you. A giant can't stop you. Nothing can stand in the way of you claiming and you receiving what God told you was rightfully yours. You know what stopped them? It wasn't the giants. It was the voices on the inside. And see, the same voices are on the inside of you today talking to you. You can't do it. It's gone too far. Quit looking for it. Quit trying to get it. Satan stole it. You ain't getting it back. You've made a mess of this or you've done one thing or the other. It's the voices on the inside that stop you. It's never been the giant. They came back. They said, we can't do it. Caleb quieted the people before Moses said, let us go up at once and take possession. For we are able to overcome it. But the men who had gone with him said, We are not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we. 
And they gave the children of Israel a bad report in the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies, and the land devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom saw it are men of great statue. They said, we can't do it. Caleb said, we can do it. We're well able. We can do it. Joshua and Caleb both said, we can do it. And they said, we can't. In Scripture, you'd go on and read it. It's in Numbers there. Joshua and Caleb were so just frustrated the situation because they knew it was theirs. They knew it was God's. They knew nothing could stand in the way because they had a covenant with God. He said they just ripped their clothes and tore them. And Joshua spoke up and said, we can do it. We can do this. Let's go do it. Let's take it. God's for us. If he be for us, who can be against us? These giants can't stop us. God's promised it to us. And they gathered around and said they thought about stoning them to death. They were, the, their own people were talking about stoning Joshua and Caleb just because they were saying they could do it. And I read this thing. I read the names of the spies. Joshua's name's not on the list of the spies. And I said, how could that be? So I, I looked into it a little bit deeper. His name was Hoshay. H-O-S-H-E-A. Hoshay uh, from the tribe of Ephraim, son of Nun. His name means salvation. That's what that name means. Moses called him Joshua. The others didn't. Moses called him Joshua. Moses changed his name. But the Scripture says that lots of the children of Israel carried the same name. A lot of them had the same name. Hashem. A lot of them did. The name means salvation. A lot of them had the same name. They didn't name their people like we name our people. Their names mean something. When you go up and shake your hand, just like Abraham shaking their hand, I'm a father of many nations. That's what his name meant. Hey, I'm salvation. I'm salvation. Lots of people were named salvation, but Moses changed his name to Joshua. And you know what? There might have been a whole lot of hoshays, but when he changed his name to Joshua, guess how many people was named Joshua? Just one. And that's all. And you know what Joshua means? He is salvation. I know a lot of people out there claiming, scribes, Pharisees, religious people saying, come to us, we're the way, we'll show you the way to salvation. You know, you read the New Testament. That's why they didn't lie to Jesus. Moses says, He is salvation. He is salvation. Follow Him. That's good. That's real good. And I, I wasn't even going to preach on this, but now, now Joseph is, uh, Joshua is carrying him across the Jordan River. But the Jordan River is in flood stage, just like a lot of rivers are after this rain this week. And they're looking at it thinking, how in the world are we going to get across this river? But Moses Left him in charge. He says, He is salvation. Follow him. He'll show you the way to the promised land. And you know what? The river dried up 20 miles upstream. It's no coincidence that it dried all the way up to a city called Adam. Because Adam is where the sin began. Woo! And when Jesus came on the scene, guess what? You're forgiven. Your sins are cast as far as the east is from the west. Your sins past, present are forgiven from right now all the way back to the first one at Adam. And Joshua comes across this river that's in flood stage, just like a picture of sin. And guess what? God dried it all the way up to Adam to where it very first started like it never even existed. That's what Jesus did for you. That's what He did for me. That's what He did for all of mankind. That's good. I don't care who you are. You gotta get your inner inner man or your inner world aligned. In Matthew the twenty third chapter, Jesus says, Blind Pharisee, first cleanse the inside of the cup, 
and dish, that the outside of them may be cleansed also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for all you like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanliness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. In other words, they look like they had it right on the outside. You can take the man out of the slum, but that don't mean the slum's been taken out of the man. You can, you, you, you can look pretty on the outside, because that's what the world's looking at is on the outside. But you know what? It starts on the inside. Purity. Your thought life. They looked the part when they went to the ball game. The ones he's talking to right here, they put on all their white linens and they walked around. Yes, I'm holy. In other words, they looked the part on the outside. Just like many people get up and go to church on Sunday, they put on a $300 suit and they got everything shined up and they talk the talk and they walk the walk and they look good on the outside, but on the inside they're full of dead men's bones. That's what the scripture tells us. He's not looking at the outside. He's not impressed off the outside. The world feeds off the outside and the world looks at the outside, but Jesus feeds off the inside and he's looking at the inside. He's not concerned with the outside. So we try to get the outside right, but the whole time the inside's still wrong. But if you'll seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and that's working on the inside, guess what? The outside will take care of itself. It will. That's a question I get asked all the time. My answer is, do you love Jesus? Do you love Him? Do you really love Him? Is it okay to come to church if I'm gay? I don't know. Do you love Jesus? Is it okay to come to church if I'm living in sin? Do you love Jesus? Is it okay to come to church if I went out drinking the other night? Do you love Jesus? Because if you really love Jesus and you keep coming to church and you keep hearing the Word and you keep seeking first the kingdom of God, all that other stuff I just mentioned, it's going to fall away. It's going to take care of itself. Do you love Him? Are you seeking Him? Are you full of dead men's bones? Jesus stands at the door and knocks. He says, I want to come in and eat dinner with you so bad, but you're going to have to clean them dishes and wash the inside of that cup out. He's standing at the door knocking. I mean, He is knocking. He's not talking to the guy that's at home, not going to church today. He's talking to the church in Revelation 3rd, chapter 20th verse. He says, Jesus, it says, Jesus stands at the door and knocks. He says, I want to come in. I want to dine with you. He's knocking. Are you hiding in the closet? That's what you do. When people come over and you don't want them to come in, shh, don't move. Until they go away. How long will you hide in the shadows? The alarm clock's going off. You hear it? How many times will you hit snooze? Dear Lord Jesus, the phone's ringing. Are you going to let it keep going to voicemail? Or are you going to answer the thing? And talk to Him and let Him in. We get worried about how we look. That's what religious people, how we look. How do I look? What are people thinking? More concerned about how we look and what people think. And holiness is not something that happens on the outside. Holiness is something that takes place on the inside first. Because you work on the outside, that does not change the inside. But you work on the inside, that will change the outside. See, right living doesn't change your thinking. So we can look pretty. We can live it in public. We can look like it, but that does not change your thinking. If you get into this Word and have your mind renewed by the Word of God and have your thinking change, guess what? Right thinking now, thinking in line with this Word right here, now that's going to change your living. 
Amen. Change the inside first and see what happens is a lot of people aren't convicted. They're not convicted. They've been doing it so long that sin has become trivial and they're just kind of calloused and they've become hard-hearted and there is no conviction. There is none. You can just go out and just do any old thing you want. There is no conviction. But when you seek first the Lord, you come into like church like today, you start seeking Him and you start putting Him on the inside of you. Then now all of a sudden when I'm watching this program, I'm convicted. I must cut the channel off. If I'm wearing these clothes and I'm a female and the skirt's like right here and I look like a steak and I'm going out to a, 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 a dog on the side of the road, you know, because he's hungry, you have this conviction that, you know, I might already put on a little longer skirt. want to come down to my knees maybe. But if you don't put in the Word, you wonder why nothing convicts you. I've heard people say, I'm not convicted of that. I'm not convicted of that. Well, I know how much time you spend seeking the Lord. Big zero. Because as soon as I started seeking the Lord, putting Him in, reading the Word every day, things started falling off. I didn't want to do it anymore. The things I used to think were fun, and now all of a sudden they're disgusting. They, there's a conviction associated with it. And He wasn't convicting you. say, quit doing that. Quit sinning, or I'm going to send you to hell. No. It's a totally different kind of conviction. His conviction is, conviction is saying, that's not you anymore. You were a sinner. That's what sinners do. But you're not a sinner anymore. I made you righteousness. I cleaned you up. I'm convicting you now of your righteousness. This is who you are. People get it mixed up. They think God is beating them over their head and, 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 and making them feel guilty and condemning you for what you've done. It's totally the opposite. He's not convicting you of what you're doing. He's convicting you of who you are. And a righteous person doesn't dress like that. And a righteous person doesn't watch that on TV. I tried to watch a movie last night. It was called, well, we were going to go out to eat. And I'm not concerned with the weather at all. That's probably a bad thing. But like, if they say a tornado's coming through Gardendale, I don't even care. It don't even bother me. If it's lightning, it don't even bother me. That's probably pretty stupid. I know what you're thinking. But it don't. That's why God gave men women, so they can say, get in the house. <laughs> but we were going out to eat. And then all of a sudden, Jackie decided we couldn't go out to eat because it might storm. That's fine. Well, I'm going to Little Caesars. To get, I'm hungry. So I went to Little Caesars, got some pizzas, came back and ate, and I said, well, hey, we can watch a movie. That's good. So we were looking through the TV there, and she said, what about this movie called The Reverend? Never even heard of it. And I said, well, uh, let's watch it. All right. So she clicked on the thing there on Netflix. I told you about Netflix. That's an amazing thing. You can just watch Andy Griffith over and over and over, no commercials. It's the greatest thing. Anyway, we were going to watch the Reverend, and we read it, and it said, uh, very strong language and some, some, you know, some, scenes, some scenes in it. And I said, well, I don't guess we'll be watching the Reverend. I've made it 43 years without watching it. I'll make it another 43 years without watching it. I can't watch it. I didn't even hear them cuss. I just read the headlines and said there's strong language. I can't watch it. There's a conviction going, no, 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 don't watch that. I'm not watching that. You can watch it and you can say it's no big deal. You can say, well, what would we watch if we don't watch something without cursing? Andy Griffith. They never cuss on there. Find something. Watch the, watch the sky. 
Watch anything. Why would you want to put that garbage into you? Because it matters. What you pour in is what's going to pour out of you. I mean, how? uh, think about this. How would you feel if y'all could just look in my window and I didn't know you was looking at and I was just sitting there watching a filthy movie on TV saying GD and dropping the F-bomb just cussing like crazy. And y'all saw that. And then Sunday morning I got up here and preached. Would it not affect you a little bit? I hope it would. I hope you would lose respect for me. Because I shouldn't do that. Because much is given, much is expected. You're no different. We're all Christians. I may be the pastor. I may be teaching you the Word of God. But everybody's got somebody looking at them. I can't sit and watch that trash and know that my kids know that I watched it. Anyway, I can go on and on. Cut that junk off. What would I watch? I don't know what Jesus watched. I got quiet then. Y'all been watching bad stuff on TV, I can tell. There should be a conviction there, and there is a conviction there. If you sit here on Sunday morning and you hear the Word of God and you watch that on TV, you can't tell me there's not a conviction. You're just ignoring that conviction. You're just watching it anyway because you say, well, my flesh likes it. You just lost. You just lost the spiritual battle right there. Yeah, your flesh likes it. You're going to feed your flesh, flesh, uh, uh, soul, uh, body, soul, spirit, or are you going to cut it off and say, nope, spirit, soul, body? That's getting it in a line right there. Boy, how many times do I think about commenting on Facebook? My flesh says, tell them like it is. I can't. I just, just read it and think, dear Lord Jesus, these people need you. Bad. We got to get in alignment with the body of Christ. <clears throat> That's right here, right now. The disciples, it says the same day of the evening, being the first day of the week. We can read on and read more scriptures, but the first day of the week, the doors are shut, the disciples were assembled. It says, Jesus came and stood in the midst, and he said to them, Peace be with you. But notice they gathered on the first day of the week, because it's very important that you gather on the first day of the week. Just like tithing and giving your first, you're gathering together on the first day of the week. Sunday's the first day of the week. Monday's not. So we're going to gather together and get the first day started, day one, and all other six days are going to be blessed because of it. But you got to get started off right here. See this skip, hit, and miss junk? It ain't no good. You got to make your mind up. I'm going to get in alignment with the body of Christ. Now I understand sometimes you, get, you can't come. You get, if you got the flu, you got something going on, your work calls you, and I understand, I understand things happen. But you got to take this thing serious. You gotta say, I'm gonna get in alignment with the body of Christ because things happen here that won't happen at your house. Your priority needs to be God's house first. He says not to forsake the gathering of the people. That's you and I. To put Him first, to put the church first, to be here. It's important. The weeks you miss, what are, what are you missing? Is, is Satan luring you off? Did he. He put some bait in front of you to lure you away so you would miss the Sunday that the Word, if you had heard it, it would have changed your life. It would have ministered to you or, or, or something along those lines. You never know if you're not here. That's why you need to be here. Amen? It's not a legalistic thing. 
<clears throat> I mean, it's not like Jesus up there keeping tally. Well, you had three days absent this year, so your blessings are going to be limited. I'm not talking about like that. I'm talking about you need to get in alignment with this body right here. This should be a pretty big deal to you. It is a big deal. You, you don't need to miss. Uh, I take it so serious, I don't even miss for vacation. I don't even miss when I'm sick. I've been up here and preached to you before when I was very sick and needed to be home laying in the bed. That's the truth. I, that's how serious I take it. I want everybody to take it that serious. Um, you need to get in an alignment with the body of Christ. And I'm not bragging on myself. But hey, trust me, there's plenty of times I didn't take it serious. I was looking for a reason to get out of this place. I didn't want to, you know, oh, you need somebody to go to the store to get something for, we're going to eat after church. We don't need ice for an hour and a half. I'll go now and I'll skip the whole service to make sure we have ice. Some people here still do that now. I used to be that guy too. Oh, you need some help? You need this? You need that? No, we don't need, we got it. It's all good. Let's, let's seek first the kingdom and the ice and the food and I'll take care of itself later. This is A1 most important. Amen. Jacob, y'all remember Jacob? He, uh, he laid his head down on that rock and all of a sudden he had this vision. There was a ladder and angels were ascending and descending from heaven. And he said, I want to name this place Bethel, which means house of God, which means you're going to see things and things are going to happen in the house of God. This is the house of God. Things are going to happen here that won't happen at your house. Because when you gather together and people see one puts a thousand to flight and two puts ten thousand to flight. See, you can put a thousand to flight by yourself, but you sitting by her, you and her together can put ten thousand to flight. You ten times stronger when you're up in here today sitting beside somebody. And if we all get together, how many thousands can we put to flight? How much more powerful are we? And when you go, it's just like, like the ball team. If you practice all week and then you go play the game together, you're going to be victorious or you're going to obviously have a lot better chance of winning than if you don't practice all week. Now, when this whole body gets together right here and practices all week and seeks first the kingdom of God, and then we come in here and we say we're going to get aligned with the body of Christ and we all came in here together after we've been seeking the Lord uh, all week and it's become the lifestyle, things happen that won't happen otherwise. I'm telling you, they won't. It's the Scripture. This is the house of God. This is the gate. There's a gateway right here, a portal. And you know what? Angels are here. They're ascending and descending right now. You may not see them, but that don't mean they're not here. They are here. Two or three gathered together. There I am in their midst. Jesus is here in our midst. We're gathered together in His name. It's important to get in line with the body of Christ. Man. I got one more point. I'm, I just can't. I just. I'm. I, I just keep going back to the giant can't stop you. It's the voice on the inside. That means something to somebody in here. God's told you to do something. He's given you a promise. He's given you a plan. What He put together, your marriage, not no man will separate. He's given you a business. 
He's giving you a child, whatever he's giving you. Now there's something standing in your way. There is a giant. There is an enormous mountain in the way. It can't stop you. If God said it's yours, if he gave it to you, if he tells you to go and do it, there is no giant, there is no mountain, there is nothing that can stop it. Nothing except the voices on the inside, which are the spies that say we can't do it. If you hear a voice that says you can't do it, it's not from God. If he said you can, you can. If you hear a voice that says you can't do it, back off, that don't belong to you. You might as well just quit and give up. It's been too far. That's a lie from the enemy. Man, I mean, I feel that so strong. Hmm. Somebody will come in here crooked and they're leaving out straight. They're going to leave out in alignment. Because you've been looking at that giant. And it does look impossible sometimes. I get it. It does. One time I looked at this financial giant. He's a $28,000 financial giant. And I didn't have $28,000. And I looked at it, 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 and I looked at it for years. $28,000 and some change. And I began to seek the Lord and pray. <laughs> and then my aunt sitting back there, Patty, she, she started working on it. That $28,000 giant... Went down to a negative dollar and thirty six cents. I got a check in the mail from the IRS for a dollar and thirty six cents. I cashed it. Amen. <laughs> but anywhere along the way, I could have just quit, and she could have quit. We could just quit and just said, "Well, we'll just make payments." Heck no. God's got a different payment plan. He says, hundred percent down, no further payments. I paid it for you." That's tweetable. The last one is, I saved the best for last because y'all ain't going to like this one. You got to get your money aligned. And I need you to give a bunch more money you've been giving because I need to raise. That's what people think. That ain't it at all. This ain't no TV picture right here. I got a job just like all of you. I go to work. It's for you. I want you to be blessed. I've been blessed. You you can't make me not tithe. You can't make you you can't beat me and make me not tithe. There ain't no way, Jack. You know why? Because I've been doing it for years, and I've never been forsaken. I've never been begging bread. I've never been without. There's been some times where it didn't look too pretty, but God always came through. It might have been eleven fifty nine p.m., but He showed up before midnight. I want you to, to get your money aligned. Deuteronomy 26, second verse says, that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground, which you shall bring from the land that the Lord your God is giving you. He gave it to you. Put it in a basket and go to the place where the Lord your God chose to make uh, His name abide. Guess what? You might give something to your cousin over in Mississippi. That don't count. You may mail your check to uh, somebody on TV. That doesn't count. That's an offering. If you want to offer your cousin Bobby over some money, help him out, do it. You should. If you want to offer somebody on TV some money and help him out, I would say you should, but I I say you better hear clearly from the Lord on that one because there's a lot of crooks out there that hide behind the Bible making a living at it. But anyway... 
This right here, that's not that. That is uh, the place where the Lord your God chooses to make His name abide. That's in this house. That's the house that you call, that's my church. That's the body of Christ that I'm in alignment with. That's the house that God told me to go and worship and serve Him. That's where it goes. That's where it goes. It says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, let me back up. Honor the Lord with all your possessions, with your possessions, and with the first fruits of your increase. Now, that's the 10%, that's your tithe. And it says, so your barns will be filled with plenty, so your vats will overflow with new wine. There's people who say, my barns have never been filled with plenty. And I can tell you right now, there ain't no overflow. You got to get in alignment. If you get your finances in alignment, you get your money in alignment, and, and your barns aren't full with plenty, and your vats aren't overflowing with new wine, that means this word right here is a lie and God's a liar. This word's the truth. God's not a liar. That will come to pass. But not if you're not in alignment. You can't start off wrong and end right. I can't let go of the ball here and expect to get a strike. You've got to get things in alignment. In other words, if you're not doing this, there should be no expectation of God uh, filling your, your vats and, and you being filled with plenty. We've got to get in alignment. And then very popular scripture right here. I'm going to read this one. And, uh, you know what? I think we're going to sing a song before we leave. And um, that last one y'all sang, a, a portion of it is what I like when you said, uh, this is how I fight my battles. This is how you fight your battles. You get in alignment. That's how you fight your battles. So let's get ready to sing that. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, Malachi 3. That's here. This is the storehouse. It's not Cousin Bobby. And it's not anybody on TV. It's right here. A tithe is not your time. You say, well, I don't give a tithe. I'm not going to do that. I'll just, I'll just donate my time. I'll go up there and I'll vacuum or I'll paint something. That's not it. That's, that's under something entirely different. That's serving. You're serving. That's like saying... Walking across the parking lot and picking up a piece of paper and say, well, this is my tithe. I'm, I serve the Lord today. No, you should just do this because this is your house. Amen. Don't walk past a piece of paper and say, well, the cleanup crew will get that on Monday. No, come on now. This, this isn't the cleanup crew's church. This is your church. This is our church. Bring it into the storehouse. And he says, try me now in this. The only place in the, in the entirety of the Bible that he says, try me. Try me. Test me. Sometimes when the boys are horsing around, Kyle says, try me. He even told me, try me. <laughs> Boy, you better come back in a few years. He's kidding. God's not kidding. He says, try me. Test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven, pour out a, such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. In other words, some people say, I've never had a blessing poured out to me. I've never, I've never experienced such an increase that there wasn't even room enough to receive it. That means you got more than enough and now it flows to you and it's going to flow to, through you. God provided all your needs and even more. Now I'm going I'm to help this person over here. They're running low this month. 
I need some groceries. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, not for his sakes, for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in your field, says the Lord of hosts. I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Sometimes you just feel like some, that he's there devouring uh, things in your life. And your vehicles just keep breaking down. You can't figure it out. Why do they keep? I just got it fixed. It's broke again. I just got this fixed. Now this is broke. I just fixed my roof leak. And now the air conditioner went out. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And, you, and people say, can't win for losing. If you say so. One step forward and two steps back. And if you say so. You go back to this scripture right here. You want him to rebuke the devourer for your sake? You got to get your money in alignment. You're waiting on him, he's waiting on you. Does he need your money? No, the streets are paved with gold. He needs your faith. That's why if you've got $100 and you're going to put 10 in, which is your increase, your 10%, your tithe, that's not really that hard. If you got ten dollars, you're gonna put in one dollar. Not that hard. If you got a million dollars and you're gonna put in a hundred thousand, that's hard. Cause you start thinking, I can't do much with a dollar. Ten dollars, not that big a deal. Fifty dollars, I mean, not that big a deal. But a hundred thousand, oh, I can do a lot with that. That's why he said it's easier for the camel to enter through the eye of the needle for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Cause you putting that faith in that money. And He wants you to put all your faith in Him. That's the reason in my lifetime I've experienced poor people are the most generous. They are the most generous. So we need to get lined up spiritually. We need to get our relationships lined up. The alignment of authority. Get your heart lined up. The alignment of the inner being or your inner world. Alignment with the body of Christ. And alignment with your money. Just basically said, I'm seeking first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness. I'm seeking you first. I'm putting faith in you. Let's stand up. This is how you fight your battles. Getting in alignment. Seeking first the kingdom of God. How do you fight? You pray. You seek first the kingdom of God. You read the word of God. You go to church. You put the word in you. You feed on it. You feed on it. You feed on it. You tell your flesh no. Sometimes you got to quit eating. I'm serious. Sometimes you need to quit eating for about two or three days. Just quit eating. Just say, I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to skip lunch. I'm going to skip supper. And I'm just going to seek the Lord. You will find out in that two or three days how much your flesh is in control. Because it's going to be screaming, feed me. I've done it. About time to do it again. Not only do I need to lose some weight, but sometimes you just need to shut the world out, tell your flesh no, and seek the Lord. Thank you for listening to this message from Seven Mile Ministry. 